0: Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. 24 years uh, ago, uh, many people, uh, or 24 years later, many people still vividly remember the murder of the BBC journalist Jill Dando, shot to death outside her home in Fulham. And despite all sorts of theories and avenues of investigation, despite a wrongful conviction, which was eventually reversed, no one knows who killed Jando. Or killed Jill Dando, or why? A new Netflix documentary asks that question. One of the people featuring in it is her brother Nigel Dando. Nigel, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Sean. When Jill was killed, and, I know, and obviously you're a journalist, so you are very aware of the media circus that would take round, that would you know, be around the event and around the funeral. When did you and your family actually get a chance to start grieving privately?
1: uh well i suppose you start in a way grieving privately from from the very first second that it happened i mean we did it was such a shock um so you know what half of you is in 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 mourning for for, in my case the loss of a sister and in the case of my dad the loss of his only daughter um but in our case given the nature of jill's death the fact that she was such a huge tv star in the uk and beyond um and the tragic manner in which she she met her death as a journalist a working journalist at the time i I realized that uh i was going to have to bring some journalistic uh, experience to bear on the um the torrent of publicity that was going to come our way so uh yeah on one half we were grieving and the other half uh certainly i on behalf of my dad who wasn't in the best of health uh was looking at how we were going to deal with it yeah and i
0: i Uh, I think I read somewhere that I think you'd barely got home before the first knock came on the door.
1: Yes, that's right. Um, I was at work when it happened. Uh, I worked in, in Bristol for a newspaper. I was working as a newspaper reporter there. And uh, my dad lived about 20 miles away in uh, Western Supermare, which is our hometown. So uh, I raced, well, a colleague of mine drove me down to uh, Weston to see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was already aware of the news. So we were trying to sort of work out how we were going to deal with, uh, with everything that was going to happen. Um, and yeah, within an hour, there, there was a, a reporter knocked on the door from uh, the BBC, local BBC station. Um, the, the one thing was, as I say, that that knowing how this works, um, I was able to, to give him an interview on the understanding that he would pool that uh, interview. Now, what that means for people who don't know is that a pulled interview, you give a, a, an interview to one person on the understanding that that interview is then um, delivered to all the the broadcast media who might want it. Mm. So um, we, we sort of carried along like that in, from, from day one. That was how we kind of coped with all the publicity that, that was, as we expected, would come our way.
0: Yeah, I, and I, I, in the subsequent weeks and months and in, in, in years, and and the docu- the Netflix documentary does deal with this to some degree, every time there was a new theory, did you read it in the newspaper first, or were the police in constant contact saying, well, we're exploring this avenue of investigation?
1: Uh, well, up until the time an arrest was made, uh, we were in pretty regular contact with the police. I mean, sometimes they would uh, travel, they'd make a 200 200- 250 mile round trip from London to to the West of England um, to talk to me and my dad. Now those conversations w- would often last an hour or so. And then they drive straight back to London again when they could in a way just as easily have disseminated what information they had to us over the phone. But I think they felt that it was important um, to to be in in regular personal contact. So certainly up until the time an arrest was made and and there were two trials, as people will probably know, um, they were in regular contact. Now, in the ensuing years, there have been occasional uh, theories as to perhaps why Jill was killed. Uh, I'm always interested in in reading about them, or hearing about them. But really, when you, you kind of look beyond the headlines, there's not really a lot to hold those theories together. So I, I just go back eventually to to my own theory about what I think probably happened on that day.
0: Mm-hmm. And your theory is that it was just being in the wrong place at the wrong time for Jill. Yeah,
1: I think so, Sean. You know, it's um again, people might say it's a it's a fanciful theory, but uh, when you see the documentary and you realise that the effort that the Metropolitan Police put into trying to find Jill's killer, not least with the use of CCTV, where they monitor her journey on that day via her car from her fiance's home back to her home in South West London, including 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 taking two uh, shopping stops, Um, you'd have thought if this had been planned, then that CCTV, and it's been exhaustively picked over by uh, detectives, that they would have seen a car following her car, somebody following her on foot, um, because she was rarely living at home. She spent most of her time at the home of her fiancé. Mm. Um, no one would know when she was going to call at home. So somebody would have to be in that street 24 hours, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And there's no evidence that that ever happened. There were no neighbours ever came forward saying you know, they'd seen anybody acting suspiciously in the in the hours or days leading up to Jill's killing. So when you scrap all that, what you're left with really is, well, Was it perhaps a lone gunman who, for whatever reason, was in that street at the same time as Jill and decided to use the gun that he had in his pocket to kill her?
0: Yeah, which I suppose that implies it. it, he may not have even known who Jill was, that it mightn't have been a, personal to her, if you see what
1: I mean. That is a distinct possibility, absolutely, which is why I say the the supreme irony of her being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I mean, certainly in the area that she lived, the street that she lived in, uh, she was known uh, among the neighbours who... Hmm let let her get on with her life. I mean, there was, she was never being pestered or people knocking on her door for autographs or anything like that. Um, but she was pretty well known in, in that small area of southwest London. So did the killer know who she was or not? Well, again, we don't know. And, Yet another question that we don't have answers to, I'm afraid. Yeah. So would that mean, as
0: far as you're concerned, Nigel, that I mean, because there still are various theories and, and to a degree, a list of possible suspects. But I think all of those, there's a reason why they would have committed this murder. So
1: would you be uh, kind of? Well, think I'm not sure. There's a list of suspects yeah. as such. There may be a list of um, suspected yeah. motives. Yeah. Uh, not least the fact that it was uh, an underworld killing a contract killer at work because of Jill's work on the uh, the UK BBC programme, Crime Watch. Um, but again, I say it, it involves a degree of planning, and there's no suggestion that anyone followed her on the day in question, or was in the street waiting for her on the day. That's not to say, you know, you wouldn't rule it out 100%, but we're dealing with probabilities now. and And I think it's highly unlikely. That it, that it was an organised killing. But that's my belief. I may be totally wrong. Yeah. Uh, in a way, I'd like to be proved totally wrong. And uh, whoever killed or brought to justice. Uh, yeah, Barry George
0: appears in, in, in this Netflix documentary. Um, uh, how do you, well, I mean, he was found innocent, of course. Uh, 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 but I suppose when uh, on the second trial, when, when uh, he was let free, he didn't turn up on that day. Did you find that a little unsatisfying?
1: Um, What I found unsatisfying, well, let's start, first of all, with a proviso, that he's been found innocent. He was Mm. found a jury at the Old Bailey in London, found him guilty in 2001 at a retrial eight years later. He was found not guilty. So he is a free man and he's an innocent man. Um, What frustrates me a little is that he never he has never given a proper account of exactly what he was doing on that day um, and at both his trials he didn't give evidence as is his right, I totally respect that when his legal team would have briefed him uh, not to give evidence I'm sure um, but I would like to have heard him talk about exactly where he was, what he was doing and then to have his statements uh, examined and cross-examination and I think that might have just given us perhaps a, a clearer picture of, of what was happening at the time Jill was killed. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> is Are the police in contact with you now at all? Are are, are there avenues of investigation for them?
1: Uh, no, they're not. But uh, if I remember rightly, it was about two or three years ago, there was a suggestion that, uh, that the police were following a lead. Uh, but they rang me to say that they had checked it out and uh, there was nothing in it. So I, I, I remain confident that if there are any positive leads, uh, they'll keep me posted of, of how their investigation's going. Do you think there's somebody out there who at least has some information that might lead to finding out who did it? Um, I, I think it's likely uh, the killer would probably would they have kept that information to themselves? Might have been pretty difficult over twenty four mm. years but then again if it's a loner then perhaps they they have kept this information to themselves the other thing of course is sean that we're talking about 24 years ago and in that period both the whoever killed jill may have passed away and it may be that anybody who who knew who the killer was likewise you know they're, they're dead as well so we've got that to contend with so um in reality uh i I would be highly surprised if this case was solved in my lifetime. Uh, But uh, you never say never. So maybe, you know, the documentary will provoke somebody into coming forward and telling the police what happened on that day. Uh, I'd certainly hope so. If they do have that evidence, if they have a troubled conscience, then I'd appeal to them uh, to go to the police and tell them what they know. Yeah. Is that why you took part in the documentary, Nigel? Because I imagine it's not easy
0: to be dredging all this
1: stuff up again. Oh, that's right. I think that was the main reason. I think was to you know to make a, a, the appeal that that I've just made. But the other thing was is there have been various um, documentaries about Jill's life, her murder, the police investigation. But this is probably the most thorough one of the lot. And um, so I kind of wanted to lend my support to that. It it, it shows. Jill growing up, you know, in pretty humble surroundings in Western Supermare, joining her local newspaper when she left school and then joining the BBC and this meteoric rise over a relatively short time where she was... know such a a huge media star a name with a household name really in 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 nearly every every home in 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 the country um so how did that happen so the the documentary examines that um it looks in in quite graphic detail at what happened on the day she died uh and then you've got the police investigation under the microscope um and the, the Metropolitan Police have come in for a fair bit of criticism over the missteps they made during this inquiry. OK, I accept that their investigation, their inquiries weren't 100 percent, but they did a pretty good job in trying to nail the killer. You know, it was an exhaustive search to bring whoever killed Jill to justice. And I think this documentary, uh, certainly as far as that part of it is concerned, shows just what to what great lengths they went.
0: Yeah. And I suppose in fairness to them, a shooting in Fulham... Uh, um, was exceptionally rare. It was. It was so shocking. Perhaps you know the 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 wasn't kind of set up to respond to that kind of eventuality.
1: Um, I do not think they were initially. Sean, you know, I, I think that uh, Detective Chief Inspector Campbell, who led Hamish Campbell, who led the investigation, at, at one stage he, he's seen on the documentary saying, "Look, there's, there's this this is massive information that's coming in. People trying to be helpful. Things they thought they'd seen. Things they thought they'd heard." putting two and two together, possibly making five. But all this information was coming in. And he said at one stage he had he had 12 detectives to help him. And he said that's just not enough. It, it was one of the major, if not the most, Thorough investigation that the Metropolitan Police have ever been involved in, um, and I think they eventually did get up to speed. Uh, but uh, it, it was an investigation uh, such as like they they'd never had to deal with before. So so they eventually got up to speed, but certainly they were they were pretty understaffed to start with.
0: Yeah, the the and you know as we said already, got a it received enormous coverage and for for many months uh, after her death. Was some of it prurient or exploitative, did you feel? Or I know that probably goes with the territory when you're as famous as Jill Dando is, nonetheless. Yes well the, the
1: thing is is that the 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 story sort of grew organically on its own initially because of the circumstances you know you've got one of the highest profile tv stars gunned down on her doorstep in broad daylight in the capital of england uh, and so surely everybody thought including me that this case would be wrapped up in a matter of days or a matter of weeks um and of course when that didn't happen uh then new storylines were were hard to come by and i think there was some attempts by some of the newspapers maybe uh to to run stories that 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 didn't have that much truth there was a quite a lot of fiction around but you know the, again it was something that i vaguely expected to happen mm. um given that uh you know jill's high profile and the attempt by various newspapers to keep her uh, her name in the news. Nigel, thanks very
0: much for speaking with us today. The name of that Netflix series is "Who Killed Jill Dando. Nigel Dando, thank you very much. Thank you, Sean. Moncrief,
1: Weekdays at 2 p.m. With Anna Glaze on News Talk.